0: Welcome to the Lady Landlords Podcast, where we empower women to gain financial freedom through real estate investing. I'm your host, Becky Nova, founder of Lady Landlords. If you're ready to buy, manage, and grow your real estate investing portfolio, then let's get started. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Lady Landlords Podcast. I am your host, Becky Nova, the founder of Lady Landlords. Today, we're going to be talking all about That stress and burnout from property management that so many lady landlords get. And during this holiday season, we do not need anything else on our plates. So, hopefully, these tips are going to be well timed for you because I'm sure you have a lot of other things that you'd like to be doing with your time more than managing your tenants and your rental properties. So, this is something that we talk about in the Lady Landlords Facebook group so, so often. It's one of the reasons why I think so many people want to avoid being a landlord is just because they feel that now on top of their regular nine to five job, as they're trying to find financial freedom, they're all of a sudden going to be taking on another job because they're going to be have to managing their tenants. And I'm here to tell you that that is absolutely not the case. I self-manage now 16 rental properties across two countries, and they really only take me a couple hours a month to be able to do. So they are really not a burden on my schedule. And that makes a huge difference in the fact that what I'm looking for is to be able to do what I want with my own time. And if I'm managing properties the whole time, then I'm really not able to go out there and really enjoy my life in the way that I saw fit. So here are a couple tips of what I do to make sure that I don't hit that burnout stage that so many other landlords do. The first thing that you need to start with is thinking about this up. Front. we want to make sure that we are systemizing our rental business from the start now what ends up happening is we'll go out we'll buy a property and we get so excited we're like yes we finally found a deal we finally figured out what property we're going to buy and we'll go and do that but then now we actually have to manage it and now all of a sudden oh we need a a screening system okay well now let me go out and find that then, okay, wait, now I found a tenant, let me find a lease. Wait, now I have to go out and find a lease. Oh, but now I have the tenants there and now there's a maintenance issue. What do I do? And by this point in time, if you already have a tenant in the property, you are too late on this. You are too late because now you're just running around trying to react to all these things. When I worked in cancer research, we always used to talk about this as being in a situation of, do we want to be the firefighter, the person that's going to have to put out these fires or Do we want to be working on the fire prevention side? Do we want to make sure to be setting things up before they even become a problem to the best of our abilities? Fine. There's still going to be a fire, but what can we do to really minimize that? And I encourage you to take that same idea and apply it here to being a landlord. We need to make sure that even before we buy that property, before we have those tenants move in, that we can do our best to put everything in order. And then that way it can become a duplicatable process. So it doesn't matter if you have two tenants or 20 tenants, you'll still be able to function the same way because you already have all of that nice and clean and organized. So that's okay. If you're listening to this being like, Becky, but wait, I already have tenants. What the hell am I supposed to do? That's okay. But I encourage you to set aside some time here to really systemize your business and get those things organized. That organization is going to make a huge difference. So even if you have tenants, you could still go back and do these things. For example, things that you're going to want to do is you're going to want to have a folder on your computer, on your phone, wherever it may be, of pictures of all of your units, okay? You want to make sure that this is empty, they don't have the tenant's belongings in them, and that they really represent what your property looks like. It'd be even great if you could have a video ready to go of walking through a prospective tenant for what that property looks like. That way, all of a sudden, when you now have a tenant moving out, you already have your pictures ready to go for your ad, and you can get that listing already set up. Have that nice and organized in a clear folder. Also, you could have a folder for that entire unit in itself. You want to make sure to have your ad written out. So that way, anytime that you need that, you can have that set up to get out and get your property rented ASAP. You also want to go ahead and pick your tenant screening management system, okay? If you're not sure and you haven't used these before, we do have other podcast episodes where I actually go through and evaluate other systems. So go through and search either on our YouTube channel or wherever you listen to podcasts to check for systems management. That's actually a great way that you can find out what management system is gonna be great for you. But that will give you a pre-screening questionnaire. That will give you a way to get your credit check, your background check, all of that nice and done and organized and really efficient for the tenant because we wanna make things as easy as possible for good tenants to be able to apply for our properties. So make sure to pick that out in advance. And also think about how are we collecting rent? How are you gonna deal with maintenance issues? All of those things we do not wanna be dealing with in the time. When we start running around and start having to multitask, that's where we feel so much of that stress being behind the eight ball and really feeling burned out. And I don't want you to feel like that as a lady landlord. We wanna make sure that you are feeling empowered And that you realize that this is a great way to be able to bring in money and to really get out of that nine to five that maybe you are not just enjoying, even if you happen to be listening to it while you're at work, or if you are listening to my voice while you are driving to that office that you were not excited about. This is a great way you're dedicating yourself. You are putting in the work that you need to be able to get yourself free. But these are things that are going to ensure that you have that freedom once you start growing your rental portfolio. Now once we're able to have those systems in place and get that organization put there, that once again will just make it so much easier when all of a sudden something comes up with the tenant, you already know what you're doing. you already have that response already planned out and already organized. okay? Then the second that we want to do is that we want to make sure that we put our boundaries in place. This is also is something that I'm seeing a lot in lady landlords in our Facebook group that we're saying, well, I got a text message from the tenant at this time or, hey, this was now what I received a message on Thanksgiving. It was at dinner time, or this is what I'm getting on the weekends. Well, we are businesses, right? Like larger property management companies, we should have business hours. We should have clear communication channels. This is, I'm sure, the same way that your office would do things. If your boss messages you all of a sudden at 8 o'clock on a Tuesday night, you're probably not going to be very happy about it, right? And that would be something you're to say, nope, my hours and my job are that 9 to 5. That's when I'm going to respond. We should be doing the same thing within our landlording business. Set those boundaries of what communication looks like. First off, how do we even want people to communicate with us? Do we want to receive text messages? Honestly, I kind of don't because it's way too easy to just send off a quick message to somebody. But an email, that is really something that I actually have to go in and check and I have to go look for. So personally, my way of communication goes to emails. That is something that I have a specific email address just for my tenants so that way I know what I'm checking and that I'm going to have to deal with the things that are in that folder when I do check that. So you can set up an email address specifically for those emails from your tenants. Make it very clear to tenants when they are moving in, how to communicate. Hey, I'm available via email, Monday through Friday, nine to five. For all emergencies though, please do call me. Here's my phone number but realize that this phone number is for emergencies, okay? Use that do not disturb button on your phone, but clearly make sure that you have it where tenants can reach you in case of that emergency where those calls will ring through, okay? So you want to make sure to set those boundaries up front as soon as you can. These are also things that should be in your lease, but have those pathways set out. If you're using property management software, If you were using, for example, Rent Ready, which happens to be one of my favorites, if you were using that, then make sure the tenants understand that that's where they should be submitting not only their rent, but that's also where they're supposed to be submitting their maintenance requests. Now, once we tell our tenants what these communication boundaries are, we have to enforce them. That means all because all of a sudden you get a text message at 7.30 at night on a Tuesday and it's not an emergency, do not answer it. Go back, answer it during your regular business hours, And then move that communication, not via text, but move it to email. If you said, hey, for non-emergency messages or maintenance issues, email me. Respond back in the proper channel. Make it clear to them that they need to use the proper ways, okay? If all of a sudden then you're answering them back at 7.30 via text, which you said was not something that you did within your boundaries, well, they're going to keep doing it, okay? Once you set that boundary, you need to make sure to follow through and stick to what those boundaries are. All right, so have that clear. Think about what's going to be best for you. Like I said, that's how I use email. That's how I use text. I also have a separate phone number that is specifically just for tenant issues. So what works for me is not necessarily what's going to work for you. Think about what's going to work best for you to make sure to give you that peace of mind and that space that you need to separate work from landlording, from family time, from your own time. Okay, because you need buckets for all of those things. Last tip I'm going to give you for today is to make sure that when something does occur on one of your properties that has you in that place of stress or that you're feeling like this is just something you absolutely have to react to. Listen, that's okay. Go take care of that. Like I said, regardless of how great our prevention can be, there's always going to be some fire that we're going to have to put out. But make sure to take some time to think about what caused that fire. What really was the issue? So, for example, if all of a sudden you have a tenant calling you saying that there's a leak in their bathroom, okay, well, this is something we need to take care of. This is something we don't want it affecting other units. We don't want it doing any type of damage. We don't want our water bill to be any bigger. So, this is something we have to take care of. Great. Go get your plumber over there. Make sure to fix that leak. Take care of that. But we then need to evaluate that cause. Why did that happen? Okay. What I mean by that is we want to think about one was this just because pipes are older? They hadn't really been taken care of by the previous owner of the property. So that's why they're an issue. Or is this something that was tenant-caused? Whatever that may be, we want to then start to think about, well, what can I do to prevent this situation in the future? What could I have done? Sometimes, listen, there's going to be nothing. There is nothing that I could have done to have prevented this issue. Things are just accidents. Things just break. Things happen. That's okay. But if this is something that is either reoccurring or something that we can prevent take the steps to figure out what you can do to say hey listen this leak happens every other month on this property it's always that same unit it's always that same bathroom well instead of keeping to put that bandage on an issue let's really get at the root cause instead of having to send a plumber over there every single month to deal with an unhappy tenant every single month let's just go and take care of the problem okay This will start to then decrease the amount of time that you're having to work on these properties. And honestly, it's going to save you money in the long run to make sure that you have quality work done the first time instead of literally just trying to cover up what's really an issue that you're having. Also, your lease, your lease is so important because a lease really is the guiding principles that you want to use through that tenancy. So when something occurs, we want to go back to the lease and look at it. Maybe a tenant needs to move out of the property sooner and you're like, ugh, what am I supposed to do with an early termination? Go to your lease. Hey, this thing broke. A tenant called. They are having that problem with the leak and you know what? It has nothing to do with us. It's because their kid keeps flushing toys down the toilet. Go check your lease. All of these things should be in there and be very clear from upfront whose responsibility it is, who's supposed to be paying for it and how it's to be taken care of. So those are things that you wanna make sure that are in your lease. If not, add them to your lease. So that way next time you are not having the same headache as you have now, because both you and the tenant are clear on how those things should be handled. This will really decrease the amount of time that you are managing your property. One, it's going to get rid of any type of ambiguity because it's very difficult to have to deal with and go back and forth with the tenant on, well, is it my responsibility or your responsibility or how is this supposed to be handled or what do we do moving forward? That can create uncomfortability. That can also create bad feelings on both sides. That's going to create extra expenses. And once again, anything that you're doing with this back and forth, that's really just taking up your time and your mental energy on that. So make sure that in your lease, you have all of these things set out from the very beginning. Your lease should really be a working document. Every single time I have a lease renewal or a new tenant move in, trust me, I have to sign a new lease because I have new things that are completely evolving and new processes that I am putting in play with my properties to make sure that it's more clear for the tenant and myself as the landlord, and I know exactly how I should be handling all of my situations. All of these different practices here are going to continue to minimize your time, but this is something that we really need to be proactive about. So if you are now running around already with what's going on in life and the kids and your day job and your partner and all the things that you have on your life, We want to make sure that we are consistently minimizing the amount of time that we are putting into our properties. Why? Because we really don't have to put a lot of time in to manage them properly and safely for our tenants. So I hope these tips help you today to make sure that you can be proactive with setting up your management for yourself, for your properties, for your tenants to be able to continue to bring in that cash flow every single month. Thank you very much for joining me for today's episode of the Lady Landlords Podcast. Do make sure to hit that subscribe button, whether you're listening to us and the podcast or if you're watching us on YouTube. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode, please make sure to leave us a five-star review. This will help so many other women be able to find us and be able to be landlording to their best abilities as well. Thank you very much. I will see you for the next episode of the Lady Landlords Podcast. We release new episodes every single Tuesday. Thank you for listening to the Lady Landlords podcast. If you're feeling stuck in your real estate investing journey, visit lady-landlord.com to book a 15 minute orientation call with me and see if you're ready to join our mentorship program. Or you can subscribe to our newsletter and join our Facebook group for exclusive real estate investing tips and offers. Invest with confidence, become a Lady Landlord today.